Clara, are you there? Welcome. How can I help you? What's the status of the Blake Trevino file? Status. Cry asleep. All subjects seems to be alright, sir. Copy. Is there any way that you can wake him up? I need to talk to him. Of course, sir. It seems they are dreaming. Go ahead and feed his dreams into an audio wave format. Yes, let me analyze. Just a moment. All dreams recorded. Visualizing data. Go ahead and patch that in. I'm Blake Trevino, and this is my wet dream. Welcome, 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 welcome to, 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 to the best, best, best podcast coming out of all dimensions. Dimensions. This is Don't Let Word Get Out. 27 episodes, all original content. Seven continents. The best continents. The best quests. The best loot boxes. Morgan Freeman approved. Unless he's a sexual predator at this current time that you are listening to this. At this it that is alleged. Is it alleged? It is alleged. So. At that, in that case, Morgan Freeman, I, I, I gotta bring it to you. You let us You're all out. down. You're out. You're out. You're out of here. Get the fuck out. Post-edit Nathan. Insert gunshots. Pow, pow. He's out of here. We don't have time for that. It don't let word get out. No. We don't, don't have time for that. that. Is gonna drop soon? Let's get on with the episode. Let's do it. I hope you're hyped. I'm hyped. Let's do this episode. I'm decently hyped, so. Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome. Help them. Welcome to Don't Let Word Get Out. Welcome. I am Blake Trevino, and the host is Nathan Reed. Thank who you. Who can't speak right now. Welcome. Well, W-E-L-P-U-M. Welcome. Welcome, y'all. Welcome to Don't Let Word Get Out. I am your host, Nathan Reed. Today, joining me on the podcast is Blake Trevino. Let's get some claps in the chat. That was me clapping for myself. Also, this Lucky Duck is not bad. You know what? That Lucky Duck is $4. You want to try it? Like a warm wine. (laughs) Like a warm wine after a cold beer. <laughs> I love ice water in my wine. So today on the show, I have Blake Trevino. Hello, hello. Blake, let's get the show on the road. Let's do it. Tell, tell me a, a little intro. bit about yeah, <laughs> what, t- what seems like like literally probably a minute and a half, two minutes to whoever's listening to this was probably an hour to us. That was a long time. Because Blake and I, we got a little bit drunk and we did this whole fucking scenario that we're going to do later because <laughs> we wish we were recording it. It's this power um, 
this, it was like this <laughs> 80s music story that we did. We'll we, do it later. We hope you love 80s cop dramas is all we're going to say. Because it's going to come up later. That's yeah. all we got to say. If you like Drive, you'll like this podcast. We're pretty artsy. Yeah. I, I like movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to watch a movie or two in my time. Uh, no, I saw Tremors. Know, I've seen a few 70 millimeter movies in my time. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Blake Trevino? Blake why, Trevino. Why should we care about you? Oh, you shouldn't. But but tell case- us a bit about yourself. Who are you? Tell me. <laughs> tell Stuart? me who are Stuart? <laughs> tell me who, who you are. Stuart? I am a fucking 27-year-old, I guess. Uh, I lose track now. Every Every year since 25, I just have not given a shit about what age I'm turning. I've been living in New Mexico for the most part of it. And I've been in a band with you, Nathan, for the better part of my adult life. And quality t- in terms of uh, length, the better part. That's true. Yeah, you know, I always forget that we've been in two bands together. <laughs> two bands. Yeah, that first one was like a very mosh heavy band. Um, I always forget about the the portrait. I I because I always think of Drifter, and then uh, and then I remember. Oh yeah, you were in the portrait. As yeah, well. and uh, actually, recently, like within the last two months, I listened to the EP. I didn't record this EP with you guys. But uh, I played the live shows right after it was released um, with Matt West, uh, God rest his soul. <laughs> and Matt, um, I, I wish I could have made it to your funeral, but I just, the timing wasn't right. It rained. It and was it was okay. raining. No, I love you, Matt. You know I do. I, I would take literally a bullet for you. But I, I was listening to that EP. I would die instead of you <laughs> because I love you so much. I wish you were here instead of playing <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not kidding. For the record, he's not kidding. Yeah, so we had a band, and that was actually, like, just a really fun period of my life because I just – I was living with my parents at that time, and all I had to do was, like, write music and show up for band practice, and we played some just really ignorant shit. Let's give, and, a, little, yeah, let's give a little backstory to how I know Blake, I guess. I know Blake because Blake and I uh, – well, he used to live down the street from me for one thing. But yeah. another thing is uh, Blake was my roommate for about a year and a half. No, nah, dude, like two and a half years. I want to say you're like right. Yeah. 2013 no, you're right. through barely the top of 2016 we were together. 16, really? Yeah, because that was when I left to – I was in – or was it 15? Fuck, dude. No, no, remember. it was 16. I moved I moved to San Francisco in uh, March of 2016. No, that's about right, because yeah. I remember I was in school. I went to UNM for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I was still living there. Yeah. So let's talk about how I actually met you, which is something I... So, Do you ever like stop and think like how you met some of your friends, and you just can't remember? I, I remember bits and pieces of you, but I can't remember the exact moment that we met. I literally think I just chipped my fucking tooth on the wine bottle. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It's just like I can taste like- Are you really? Did you really I can really run my it? tongue on it and it's like rough right there. I Uh-oh. think I got a little bit more. Um, yeah, so- I have insurance, but it doesn't cover you. Okay, good. Well, if we I'm get covered. married, if we get married it, you will. So let's let's get that in the works. Um, it's 2018. <laughs> get with it. I, li- I live down the street. I live really close with, to you, which was uh, part of the reason we started hanging out. I actually remember the first time we interacted on Facebook was- <laughs> This is- pretty embarrassing but i decided to watch jurassic park on vhs and uh, my brother was living at the home at the time too and he had this giant hookah set up and i just i facebook tweeted basically it was just a i guess yeah status update and i said just watching jurassic park and smoking hookah and you were like yeah hell yeah and i knew that you were kind of on my level <laughs> and so i don't remember this this is this, great. this actually happened okay. no, I but then it. in like the couple weeks after that 
uh, within a, just literally like two or three, um, you posted that the portrait needed a basis. <clears throat> and because of that interaction, I was like, I can probably like he doesn't hate me. I can, you know, say what's up. I like I'll play with you guys. That was basically the start. Of, like our first portrait practice was the first time we ever hung out together. So at that time, that was um, I was leaving like behind my high school friends because I had like literally nothing in common with them. And I was realizing that the Gasworks was a place where, you know, everyone listened to the same type of music and was into the kind of same shit. And so I was starting to go to Gasworks shows alone, just literally showing up seeing the show and then leaving without really talking to anyone, but like slowly making small conversations and eventually making friends on Facebook. And then that's when I reached out when you asked if there were any basis. And yeah, that was actually how we started our friendship was literally through the portrait. I really wish I hadn't chipped my tooth on uh, this wine bottle. (laughs) That really fucking hurts. So what I remember of the first time myself meeting you I guess the first memory of me actually meeting you, because I, I don't remember those messages, but I, I, I do believe that, mes- that I think this was before those messages, actually. When I met you? Yeah, or that that night, at least. I mean, the that night that night. I'm about yeah. to talk to you? Yeah. But I remember the first time of me meeting you and like talking to you. It was at Julian's house. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Julian, I guess I should say, because <laughs> whoever's reading this might, or viewing this might not, or listening... <laughs> Whoever's listening to this might not know who Julian is. Whoever's Braille fucking touching <laughs> is this Braille message, touching this, this message. Broadcast. Dang, that should be the next thing that I do is Braille. Shit. What fucking podcast is doing Braille, huh? <laughs> Please save that. <laughs> what fucking broadcast is doing Braille? For Stevie Wonder's eyes only. Shut up, bring the horizon. When you're Stevie, <laughs> have I got the show for you, bud. <laughs> His ears work perfectly fine. <laughs> Steve, Stevie, have I got the bumps for you? Let me tell you. That's where that actually, that's actually where that term comes from. This bumps is blind people reading music. No, fuck no. (laughs) This is a fucked up joke. Anyway, I remember the time that I met you was at Julian's. It was for his birthday. It was Danny's birthday at Julian's. Danny's birthday. Did Danny even show up? Uh, Yeah, yeah, he did. He's watching the director's cut of There Will Be Blood. <laughs> he couldn't make it. So we all had a party fucking instead of In his of him. honor. In his honor. We had a party. It was a great party. And uh, you know, I wish he could be there. But I think that's the first time that I remember meeting you. Yeah. Or, or the first memory. Because I, I, I definitely remember you at Gasworks, but I don't remember what time period that was. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that party as the first time that I like actually remember you. You were hanging around Gasworks a lot, obviously. You were very involved in music, so yeah. like, why wouldn't you be? I think it just like blossomed from that. Mm-hmm. It was really great. We played a shit ton of shows, met a lot of people that we still are in contact today. Alaska, those guys, that's all mm-hmm. through the portrait, that show with Oranges. Uh, Matt, West, Matt West last show, I think, was the first time I played with them. And uh, those, those relationships and those connections are still going strong today, which is really rare, I think, beyond any high school or whatever connection, just music. So after all of that... We decided in the portrait that we just didn't want to do it anymore. It mm-hmm. got to a point in the portrait that we were just kind of bored. And honestly, I didn't I didn't know what else to fucking write. Like, I really didn't know what Somet- else to sometimes write. Sometimes you literally hit a wall where whatever band you or sound you've put yourself in, you just can't write around it without just completely changing it, everything. And yeah. that's what we did. That's essentially what happened. Those early, those early portrait practices, or I guess the late portrait, early drifter practices... 
you would have these like fucked up time signatures. Yeah. Where it was never it was never Adobe Home status where it was just completely basically free dra- free jazz screamo. You would just write these like little like extra notes tags on every measure and he would have to be like, Okay, how do I work this out? And we would just hit it again and again and again until it just somehow worked out. And he loved it. Kudo, yeah, no, because he fucking loved it. But both of you guys, like, he would he would write something and be like, "Oh, I need to write something to that." Yeah, and you would try to like you know make that, but then you would counter it with, "All right, here's this fucked up part. Go ahead and count. You're not going to get it for another two practices." <laughs> Writing with Dom was a really good experience in my life as far as music. So after, but we kept playing the portrait, but at, at a certain point I became like, I don't know what else to fucking write for this band anymore. I don't, I didn't know what else to do. And honestly, I didn't want to. And at that time I was writing different riffs and like different, different things that were sounded completely different than the portrait. And I went to Dom and showed Dom because that's honestly what Dom wanted to play was things that developed eventually into Drifter. Mm -hmm. Dom didn't really want the portrait music that was like in the later, uh, like later in life, I guess you could say of the band. He didn't really like that shit. And I knew that he didn't. When I started writing more of like Drifter songs, I knew that was like, shit that he wanted to play because yeah, those, it was those more original, that he could play around with you those know? original drifter songs were uh like even before we recorded our first uh ep we all were just clicking on a different level that we mm. never had with portrait musically right. at least yeah we never had that connection and then for those songs we were just like every idea was on the table and we were just running with it and those so- those proto songs became that first ep mm-hmm. um Everything fell into place as far as just musically, uh, friendship-wise. We were all on the same level for yeah. a really good stretch of time. And we and were still a three-piece really at nice. that time. Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, oh, Brian Moroses was our no, Brian, uh, bassist. Yeah, Brian Moroses actually. No, wait. Yeah, that three-piece didn't happen actually later. Yeah, Brian mm-hmm. Moroses actually. That Brian first, joined that first, show. first time. Mm-hmm. Actually, we were actually a four-piece during that first show. That's right. We started playing more of Drifter stuff. And then we finally played a last show with The Portrait. Which was very fun. I couldn't play that because I broke both of my hands. <laughs> yeah. and they why, were, why don't they you were tell in... them why you broke oh. both of your hands? So it was Brian Weeks' birthday party, and uh, me and Reagan showed up pretty late, and I I get one beer. At the time, Oscar Peterson, that was his house, was he was hosting the party. He had the previous owners had made a platform treehouse, so there was a trap door to go into the, into the treehouse itself, but there weren't any walls around it. It was literally just the flat path platform and then like a two bo- two by four going around the branches to like cap it in so that any kid leaning back wouldn't fall to their fucking death so anyways uh me being a fucking petulant child uh i, I have one beer in me so i'm not even drunk yet i climb up in the tree and i, I get pretty far start coming down because uh, i was gonna say hi to someone and as i'm stepping down there is the two by four that i mentioned earlier before you get onto the actual platform I was trying to like step onto that and then get back onto the platform because it was extended like wider than the platform itself. Uh, so I was just trying to do like a little one, two. And as soon as I put my weight on that first two by four, it gave out immediately, just completely snapped like it had nothing to show for itself. And I fell 15 to 20 feet. I don't know. Did you fall backwards? No, I fell actually, f- I fell forwards, which I get probably saved my life. Um, cause I caught myself, which is why I broke my wrists and like, I didn't have any broken teeth, didn't have any fucked up jaw shit. I literally caught myself on my hands, uh, <sighs> got, but not, got knocked unconscious, unconscious, 
I have had unconscience. Unconscience. I've had four beers and a lot of wine. Hate I, when I get knocked unconscious. I, <laughs> I wake up on my back and there's like Alex Sweeney and my little sister and Andy right over me and they're like trying to get me to like be alive. Um, so I take like a huge breath because I had been fucking dead for a good 15 seconds. And uh, AJ, AJ Martinez is trying to like, he's trying to get people to back away from me because obviously I could have broken my neck or done any other fucked up things that happen when you fall from that far. Fortunately, like nothing like that happened. I like I breathe. I get up. Andy starts crying. He goes in the backyard and punches the shit out of a shed. And while he's sobbing, he comes back inside eventually. And I apologize to him. I am a like I have broken fucking hands. Like my both of my wrists are just shot for shit. Um, I can like move my fingers, but anything involving movement is just it hurts like so fucking bad. So I sit him on the toilet. I just talk to him and I'm like, Andy, I am so sorry for breaking my hands. I should not have scared you like that. I should not have climbed in a tree and made a situation that would worry you like that, which I still stand by. Like, that wasn't cool. Like, you don't want to scare your friends like that to make them think that you're dead. So anyways, Stephen Flynn tries to carry me to a fucking car, take me to the hospital. And I say, no, I don't have health insurance, which was very true. And I tried to like wait it out for two weeks. It doesn't get any better because my hands are broken because I have literal broken bones in both of my wrists. And so eventually I go to the hospital and get surgery. Fast forward after the surgery, I have giant fucking uh, like cotton swabs before they could put on hard casts. I have these giant cloth uh, things just to make sure that like my I didn't bleed out. And uh, Griffin, I never knew how to spell his or how to say his last name. Griffin Oderall had to play the last portrait show in my honor. <laughs> And he played it fucking naked. So, I know. I mean, all's well that yeah. ends well if someone plays the show in your space naked. So I remember that the the rule was that if so many people, X amount of people showed up, that I would play in my underwear, and then X amount of people show up, Griffin would play completely butt ass naked. Well, X amount of people showed up for the last part, so I played in my underwear for the poor last portrait show, and Griffin played literally butt ass naked, buck fucking naked. And there is a video, yeah. on still on YouTube. To this day, shot by Zach Thosen, rest in peace. Um, there's there, there's a scene where you scream into the mic. Yeah, <laughs> you got your fucking cast. Yeah. You got your cast hands. <laughs> it was the one fucking moment. Uh, like me and JL would always switch mics at that point, and I step up like I'm in the fucking crowd, and I step up to yell or scream or whatever the fuck no. you want to call it. You got your little cast. And I, I, can't, I can't. Around, I literally yeah. can't grab the mic because I'll have to show for myself. It was like three fingers on each hand descending. So I can't grab it, and I'm just I just yell and like throw him by my side. Exactly. It's real awkward shit. Find it on YouTube. <laughs> Fucking portrait last show ever. But after that, we decided to focus more on Drifter. We did a little tour, like pretty much right off the bat. I mm-hmm. think four or five day tour. We played one of the best shows to this date. I feel like that I ever played in and me too. As Tempe, Arizona, Tempe, which was the show that I felt that we were going to it was going to do the worst at. Yeah. It turned out well, to be the best show I've ever played. I think I blew out my voice in the uh, first two shows. I, uh, well, I like never learned how to fucking scream, whatever properly. Mm-hmm. And so two dates into that, uh, show, I like for that whole day, I couldn't speak. Right. It was like a really long drive. It really felt like it was just going to be a shit ass show. Like we were going to show up, embarrass ourselves and leave. 
somehow I got it together and just did whatever I needed to do. I'm not going to say I did good or well or well or anything, but that show itself turned out to be one of the best shows I've ever played in my life. Yeah. Uh, Tempe, Arizona. There were people like brewing, like doing a little microbrewery in the backyard, mm-hmm. and it was just it was one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen for a show, and for especially for people to show up and participate in the touring band. The one that's like not the one that people care about was pretty fucking cool. Uh, some guy filmed it all. If you just, I think if you just Google like Drifter Tempe, Arizona, you'll get it. It's Tempe, right? Yeah, yeah, Tempe. Drifter Tempe. We went to. Me. We tried to Drifter, go to uh, Tempe, Arizona. You'll find it. Let's put all of that in a recap in ten seconds. We'll do it. Blake yeah, and I fine. were in multiple bands. They did okay, and we loved Dom as a drummer for them. We love Matt West as a vocalist and uh, Brian no, Moses. I love you, no matter what, dude. <laughs> he hit me up to do um, some country bluegrass shit, and I really need to like make good on that. Matt, what the fuck? <laughs> Why did you not hit me up for that? I could have do done you, something. Do you like country? Do you want to like? Do you I hate all get- of it? But if Matt likes it, I love it. If you want country, I will give you fucking country. All right, Where are we going with lo- this? A lot of that is going to get cut. Where are we going with this? This is establishing. This 40 minutes is going to be cut into this five. Is, <laughs> this is establishing our background as it friends is. to so, make our emotional that's connection where better. where it's going. So, so. The, the whole point of all of that is Blake and the, Blake. that's how Blake and I know each other. Essentially... Gas works in bands. If we can drill down to like the finest grain of something, it's music. You will know. Is that what what they're called? Is that called bumping? Like when you fucking read Braille? Is it? I'm bumping right now. Yo, bro, you bumping? Stevie, you you bumping right now? Stevie, you bumping? Leave me alone. All right. I'm bumping. (laughs) I don't know what Stevie Wonder sounds like. That's my impression. Well, I guess he probably did exactly that when he was bumping actual fucking cocaine. (laughs) But also Braille. I can't see. I can't, I can't smell Dewey Cox. <laughs> I came in an, a Sweet Weapons shirt today. <laughs> Did I'm you really? Did you really? In. Yes. Oh, I'm shit. Fuck that. yeah. I don't wear it. It feels like Sam. Wait, which one? Which one is it? Is it the... It's the fucking gray one with the fucking Sweet Weapons Oh, yeah. Flower that, that's on a it. burner. It's that's cummable. It's 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 a cum rag. It's a serviceable cum rag as much as any. Let's do our best Rich Evans. <laughs> Rich Evans. Rich Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the best laugh in the world. That's so half the- in the bag. <laughs> half in the bag. Fuck movies. Get out of my living room. Jerks can't fix the VCR right. I don't even know who I am anymore. So the whole point of all of this, oh, probably, I, it's it's fifty minutes for us. But I'm going to say minutes in right now. I'm going to say maybe yeah. eh, twenty five minutes for all of you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> however long it is, what the point is of all of this, which is probably twenty five minutes to thirty <laughs> oh minutes to God. you, but it's like an hour to us. Is Blake uh, and I use? Uh, let's just do a recap, okay? Yeah, uh, recap. Blake and I, you, Blake, no, I and Blake, Blake and I used to be in bands together. We wrote music. We met because of music and we became roommates essentially because of music. Yeah, I guess no, you totally, could say. Totally. Let's I'm get into so, our so main glad. topic. I'm so glad we wasted 50 <laughs> minutes to cut that down into that exact verbatim. Well, we wasted 50 minutes, but bite. yeah, but let's, all this is leading up to our main topic of don't, of <laughs> But all this is leading up to our... And the main thing that we're talking about tonight is, of course, 
Marriage. 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 Marriage is what brings us together today. And so now we have another person in here joining us, you know, a bottom feeder that uh, her name is <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> her name's Marissa. If you want to introduce yourself, go ahead. Marissa. Hi guys, I'm Marissa. Should while Blake, Blake live while Blake and I <laughs> fuck me. While Blake and I lived together, he did get married. I did. Yeah. It happened. I want to talk to Blake more about marriage and yep. what he thinks about marriage. Blake, what are your thoughts on marriage? I'm not I'm not going to get too into the uh, gritty details of my personal marriage. But one thing I noticed early on is, uh, I mean, if I if I was to explain my relationship to anyone else, they would say, like, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do this? And I saw all the red flags, you know, a mile away. With marriage, though, I was so concentrated on what to do to help like as far as like taxes and health insurance and all that kind of shit i was so focused on what to do to help that i didn't look at the big picture of marriage and marriage is really exclusively for people that know deep down without a second of the doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that they are with their true love. And I cannot honestly say, and this, this sounds fucked up, but I cannot honestly say at any point when I got married that I felt that. I felt I was doing something for someone else to help them out. And the other thing is uh, about marriage in general is there's a common universal thought process about marriage that like, you know, it takes work and you have to fight and you fights are going to happen and they're going to be gritty and they're going to be dirty and they're going to be fucked up, but you're going to get through it at the end. And what I realized is that fights, they can happen and they do happen, but they don't become what I experienced in a normal marriage. Um, in a normal marriage, I think you are supposed to have conversations where you level with that person. And if the person that you've chosen to marry is not on the level where you can just straight up say, hey, I don't like X, so we need to do Y. If that person can't reasonably rebuttal and like talk to you about that, it's not going to be a good relationship. You have to be able to level with that person. You have to be able to level and say uncomfortable truths, but it can never cross over to a personal attack or a personal deconstruction of what that other, other person is. And that's what I felt with my marriage is where I failed was that Oftentimes, instead of just having a normal fight of, I think X, you think Y, I was coming to, I think X, and all these, uh, the entire alphabet ahead of time was what you should be thinking beforehand. And that sets up the whole marriage process to fail. As, as you say, like now you understand what marriage is yeah. and what you may, may or may have not done wrong, what she may or may have not done wrong. What would your output on marriage be now? My output on what do my, you what input do you have for being someone who has been married? Mm -hmm. What insight do you have on on someone who is trying 
to be married now or someone who's looking to get married now? What what information do you have from your experience do you have now? My, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for breaking that up. Um, my outlook on marriage is equal parts selfish and equal parts, uh, I guess, altruist. Uh, what is what is it? Altruism is the idea of, you know, doing whatever despite yourself. It has no selfish nature to it, altruism. Um, it is equal parts selfishness and altruism, and that is a very hard balance to find. But my outlook on marriage is primarily know your worth. If you know you deserve better, don't tolerate shit. If the person that you are trying to put yourself with, and it's a very hard balance because you you love the person, and love is not enough for a marriage. It is so much deeper beyond just the simple facet of I love you and I'm trying to make this work. It is so far beyond that. At the time, I did not know what I was worth, so I put up with a lot of shit that I didn't deserve and really no one would deserve. At the same time, you have to balance that with the altruism of what is this person going through and what can I do to help them and what can I do to put myself in their shoes and make a better relationship or a better personality because when you are married, you are becoming one. So what can I do to better this whole situation that we are in? And that's one of the hardest things about it is balancing your self-worth with what you're willing to put up with. When you were growing up, yeah. What were your viewpoints, I guess you could say, on marriage? What What did you think marriage would be like? Uh, my my opinion on marriage. My uh, my f- my parents have been in love and have been married the entire breath. They were like the, the first married, and my grandparents were the first married. I think there's only one person in my extended family that had a divorce, which ironically is the person that I most identify with in my extended family. But as far as marriage goes, I thought it was a mutual exception of who the other person is and who you are as yourself. And so I uh, I saw my my parents, uh, Ron and Lisa, go through a lot of fights growing up. Uh, when we were in Maryland, there was a time where we were very impoverished, but they never let that bleed into how they parented us. And that that was a big thing. So any of the fights that they had about money, see, I'm, bi- I'm biased because my, my parents never really fought about who loves each other more. It was more purely based in the reality of being in love and, you know, having a family and having a house together. And so when there was an economic downturn for my parents, their fights weren't really based. It was never close enough where they were like considering we should, you know, divorce or whatever. It was purely based in you are not doing this. Let me help you reason with yourself. That like kind of circles back to my general outlook on marriage is just you have to be willing to take a step outside yourself and look at who you are as a person and see what you're bringing to the table as much as what they are doing to you to help them. So why do you think your marriage failed? Is that okay to ask? No, that's, if that's, not, that's I, totally fine. I can keep that That's out. totally fine. Uh, my marriage failed because, one, I went into it with the wrong reasons from the onset. I'm not going to get into that part. Um, but I think it goes without saying you have to you know, be on even ground. There's nothing and wrong with your marriage failing. By yeah, the no, way. And, there, there's, and there's not, there's not. There That's is, how I think of it because 
if your marriage fails, maybe it's for the fucking right reasons. Well, that's okay. So that's a, that's a huge thing in Christianity. They have to stick with that person that right. they married for yes. fucking ever. No, they Fuck might marry that at shit, dude. They might marry at sixteen, and they might marry may, might marry at forty fucking two. It doesn't make a difference. The Marissa, same... you're nodding your head. Get right into the action. Get you know you can. I mean, I went to Catholic school, so yeah. growing up, it was. What did they like... teach in Catholic school about marriage? I remember thinking that divorce was wrong until yes. I went to confirmation classes when I was like. 15 and i found out that like my teacher was divorced and i remember asking her like isn't that wrong in the church how are you teaching and she was like that's not wrong anymore it doesn't matter it doesn't fucking matter because that's all i was taught too because the thing is you were with that person for the rest of your fucking life it doesn't matter who you're with you are with them because you chose them and if you you only are allowed to divorce if the other person uh, adultery. adultery yeah there we go adultery <laughs> commits adultery that's the only Fucking reason nice. that you are allowed to divorce yeah but you're like like in catholic faith you're like committed 100 percent to this person like yeah even no matter what they do even if it's adultery you're supposed to like work it out you're supposed to go to counseling like at oh, the church shit. yeah with the priest Whew. and figure shit out Sometimes there's abuse and sometimes there is reasons to divorce. And I have seen them before my very eyes. And I don't know if it's explicitly because of my situation or just because of what they've seen in like the last couple of years. But they understand that there is something, some things beyond marriage, beyond the concept of just simple marriage that cannot be resolved and you have to put your foot down and you have to do that and that was one of the craziest things about my you know relationship marriage and divorce was that uh part of uh, and every facet of that situation relationship marriage divorce i uh had to look at myself through their eyes and look at like how they view marriage all the while that i was saying like i have to stick through this because of this and i have to just I have to just hope that this is going to work out, that this one trait is going to just resolve. I looked at that and it just wasn't happening. And they themselves came down and they were like, hey, if this isn't if this isn't working, then you can't kill yourself over that. And that's actually a recent, very recent development in the Christian, you know, modern Christian church is just the idea that divorce isn't really all that bad because sometimes you make a fucking mistake. And I, I don't mean that in a in a sinister, malicious way, but sometimes you make a mistake and you can't be with that person for the rest of your life without hurting yourself. I feel like it's working out better for you. We're going to go on to voicemails with Blake Trevino. We're going to jump into a segment. I honestly don't know if I said anything worth fucking Honestly, I don't know either. But the the past hour of me editing should be interesting. Yo, for the record, record, I'm fucking drunk. I want to say thank you for opening up, though, because I know a lot of what you you said was very deep about your relationship that I do know a lot about of because I did live with it, I guess you could say. Yeah, you Penis. could. I did live with for a lot of time while you were living with that person that you were married to. Thank I you am. for opening up to that. Yeah, thank you. Six Love people have voicemails or to don't let word get out, and we're going to go to them right now. 
This is Lavender Lavender Town. This is Lavender. This is literally Lavender Town from fucking Pokemon Red and Blue and Green and Yellow. This is literally Lavender Town. This is bad. It's the fucking eight bit song. Next Pokemon song. All right, fuck you. <laughs> no, well, no, fuck the person that just left that. Hey, Blake, I had a question for you. I was uh, just wondering Sheldon. how it feels to be the most biased hockey fan of all oh, time, but also fuck claiming you. that everyone else is super biased. All right, we, we got to make sure everyone hears the fucking voicemail. All right, play it again. Hey, Blake, I had a question for you. I was just wondering how it feels to be the most biased hockey fan of all time but also claiming that everyone else is super biased just a question i just think it's fucking ironic from the person that like is the single most fucking homer person to a place that he's never even fucking been to pittsburgh pennsylvania which is a fucking desolate shithole i fucking hate pittsburgh pennsylvania i lived in maryland i lived in baltimore maryland which is very close to the fucking pennsylvania border i went there several times i know that place and is a fucking shithole i think it's fucking hilarious as a person named sheldon Nagy would call me <laughs> i know nothing about hockey would I have call nothing me the most biased person to this <laughs> when i am completely level about all calls and all shit i just don't give a shit i'm just like you know what that's a fucking error in the call, and it doesn't matter. And Sheldon, of all people, is going to say he's the like I'm the most biased. Okay. Fuck you. I love you. I would take three bullets be... for you. You've only been in Pittsburgh fucking once because you're a fucking poser. You didn't start watching hockey till Crosby got on the fucking Penguins, which saved the franchise. You don't know shit. The next voicemail. Okay, I don't have much time. Um... Very, 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 very afraid. Um, okay, I have to go. <laughs> what the fuck? Is that Donnie? Okay, is that? Time. Um, is very, that the very, very, picks? very afraid. Um, okay, I have to go. The goodest picks. Um, is that you? Okay, I have to go. It is. All right, let's see. Next Sorry. voicemail. Thank you so much. The next voicemail. Yo, this is. I got some questions for Blake that I need answered in. Here we go. Yeah. College essay, MLA format, right. uh, with sources. Yeah. First Major question is: affiliation. What is Nicholas Cage's best role and why? Second question is: Who's your favorite Nathan between Nathan Reed and Nathan Hill? Uh, and I need. Points for <laughs> each Nathan, and oh. you need to make your choice Oof. and explain why you chose him. Fuck. Hi everybody, post-edit Nathan here. We never did get back to that question from that voicemail, and based on the rest of the audio that I had to go through for this podcast, it's a lot of me and Blake slurring our words and I can't fucking understand half of it. We had both had a lot to drink and I think at this moment is when all of it 
kicked right in. Uh, so we had this idea, and I better explain it now because in no way, shape, or form do we actually explain it. Um, we had this idea to make like an 80s cop drama while we were listening to an album by Power Glove. And instead of the rest of the audio that I had to go through was like another hour and a half of Blake and I just doing this over and over and over again. And instead of playing the rest of it, obviously I'm going to chop it down into a few things. So let me just give you some backstory on this before I play it so you might get some kind of mild interest in this. Uh, it stars McCoy, who is a cop who turned into a little bit of a rogue. And the other character is Captain. And McCoy gets cut from the force and decides to open up a taco truck. That's pretty much all that I can decipher from any of this. So I'm going to play a few clips. I didn't do an outro. It's literally just mumbling. So this is, um, I'm just going to do the outro right now and then play the rest of it from what we got from the rest of that night. You can find this over at dlwgo.com. You can follow me over on Twitter at don'tlwgo, Instagram, YouTube, any of that. Just search dlwgo. WGO and you will find it. I also have merch now. If you go to any of those sites, you can uh, find the link to that. You can do that or go to, I think it's it's teespring.com slash store slash DLWGO. I, I, I don't know right now. I'm too lazy to look it up. If you want to order some stuff, you can do that. I want to thank Blake for being on the show as well. He was a great guest and it really was cool for him to open up about his marriage um, and divorce on the show. So yeah, here's the rest of the podcast, very heavily edited, and I hope you enjoy this. Thanks for listening. This is Power Glove Story Time. Here we go, guys. This new segment from myself and Blake. Yeah. 1982, Malibu. McCoy, this is the last straw. In your last mission, you killed 20 people from your foolish reckless outbursts you know what what do you got to see for yourself hey mccoy i'll do, I'll do shit my own. how are you feeling right now my little red corvette is always revved up for you mccoy <laughs> i'm the best cop in this is, town. okay this is this is your scene you have to construct this your taco truck that taco truck taco truck well, I got taquitos, Currency bread sandwiches, tacos. You want that without meat? Well, I got veggie tacos. Hey, McCoy. Do you need a massage tonight? Yeah. Tonight would be great. Well, we can do that for you. Why don't you step inside my car and I'll fucking massage you. McCoy, you're a loose cannon cop with nothing to lose. Ugh, fuck you, pig. <laughs> what do you know? Fuck you. I know 22 years on the fucking force. And I didn't work my ass way all the way up to the top to be disrespected by some low-level grunt like you. What do you have to show for yourself, McCoy? Yeah? What do I have to show for myself? Yeah, this. McCoy, put the gun down. What do you, you know want, Doc? I want you to be the man you swore that you would be. All I got are these tacos, 
supreme. Yeah, you are more than your tacos. Family. You are fucking more than your tacos. Get back in the force where you give a damn, McCoy. Asterisk. Thinking face. Asterisk. Is this that a was script? The worst. Are we? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that was the worst mistake because thinking McCoy's head is kill the captain. McCoy, Ask we need you out on the streets. Don't you dare point that gun at me. <laughs> fuck. What the fuck is this? Why does this taste like Kool-Aid? Where's the tequila? What is that? this? Tequila and cranberry. Bro, tequila? <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking it Step away from the detonator. I have a full orchestra to tell you. So what I need from you is to you what I need from you is to get the fuck away from all the people. Put those put those four Japanese children down. We're on jungle warfare. I need a bucket. Oh, do you need a bucket? This is no longer a joke. I need a bucket. Alright, we'll get one. Everyone everyone out there listening, lift your hands to the sky. We're gonna do the sphere bomb of Nathan puking. Is this a bullshit? Is this a bullshit? I don't know. It's your trash can. Is this a Yo, this shit at least ten pounds. That's great, Blake. Thanks, Blake. I got. I got. Okay. This is. Don't let work it out. <laughs> the best podcast coming out of all dimensions. Like, plug your channel. Alright, like, uh, again. In- Instagram, Blake Ryan Chavino. Twitter, I in between days. I I in between days. I have an album coming out, a country album, in like two weeks. Hit me up. Let me know how sad you want to really be. Is this a bullshit? Is this a bullshit? <laughs> I don't know. It's your trash can. Is this? <laughs>